Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast dedicated to those who have left religion behind and are now seeking to rebuild their lives through self-exploration, play, and spirituality. I, your host, Christina Carlson, am an embodiment and intuition coach. I work with bitches, witches, and queers to discover their own worth and value and learn how to trust themselves to create the lives they want. I'm an experimenter by nature, so this podcast, like my life, is an offering in flux. What you find here will be diverse and, hopefully, interesting. One thing you can know for sure is that we will get good and curious here. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I wanted to do a few announcements before we get started in today's podcast. Um, There are two exciting opportunities coming up to work with me that I wanted to share with you. And the first is a free mini workshop that I'm going to be doing called Queer Wife Life. And this workshop is specifically for women and femmes who are in straight passing relationships and um, specifically working through queer imposter syndrome and how to validate your queerness and embrace your queerness in a straight passing relationship. Um, I'm so excited about this workshop. If that sounds like you or someone you know, please share. Um, please come send me your email uh, via DM or you can email me. My email is linked below. Um, yeah, Queer Wife Life. I'm so excited about this one. I love doing workshops with you all, love chatting with you all, so I would love to see you there. Uh, The second is a program that I'm working on for this fall. Um, This program uh, does not have a name yet. I'll let you know when I come up with a name. Um, But it is going to be this fall starting in about September and is going to be uh, focused on rebuilding your connection with yourself through um, joyful connections, so through connection to your body, connection to your values, and connection to your soul desire. This is the work that I'm extremely passionate about, Um, really moving with self-compassion and love to help you move out of self-sabotage and away from shame cycles and into finding space for yourself in your life and your dreams that feels um, rich and aligned with who you are inside. Uh, There's so much value to this work. Everyone who does this work is, is changed in incredible ways and um, yeah, I'm just, I just can't say enough good things about it. If you want to get on the waiting list, now's the time. I'm only accepting five people for this fall because it is the first time I'm going through it. And, uh, there's a group component to this. There will be classes and there's also going to be one-on-one support. So there's going to be a lot, um, that you'll get in this program and it's at a discounted rate since it's the first time I'm going through it. Um, so yeah, uh, DM me your email or, um, send me an email if you're interested in getting on that wait list. Um, and without further ado, I will introduce our guest. Rage Against the Machine. We got, we got distracted by Rage Against the Machine. We're back. Welcome back. <laughs> Hi, friends. Oh. Actually, we'll listen to a lot of Rage Against the Machine in my house. It makes me laugh quite frequently that I know a lot of people who are very protective about, like, what they let their kids listen to. Um... And, like, I listened to Rage Against the Machine with my two-and-a-half-year-old. Last week, one day, we were listening to Killing in the Name of, and there's this part at the end that's, like, just over and over, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. (laughs) And I, like, got a snapshot of my kid sitting in his car seat in the back seat, turned around, like, he's facing forward now. Um, But, like, sitting facing forward, and he just has this look on his face that literally says, fuck off. Like, just written all over his face. And you can hear in the background, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. And I was like, 
God damn, I'm doing parenting in a way I really believe. <laughs> like, y'all can have your kids, Bob. Uh, my kid's going to listen to Tom Morello. That's <laughs> what's going to happen. Oh, Fuck. I love it. I love it. You know, it's so funny. Um, before we hit record, Audra was talking about how they, like, rage against the machine and this, how people were responding in surprise when, like... <laughs> When Tom Morello says, like, you know, fuck, fuck, the, cops. fuck the cops, it's like, <laughs> like, they're surprised about it for some reason. And I wonder this, too, like, when I hear, like, Christians or, like, very highly conservatives use, like, Queen songs. Yes. And I'm like, the fuck? Like, do you, do you know who, do you know who these people was? are? Like, what do you think this music was about? Like, God. it's just so surprising to me. I know. To, like, know. not... It's, like, so incongruent, like, y'all. incongruent, and I think part of it, like, I have to remind myself occasionally, and especially with, like, bands like Rage Against the Machine, like, I think a lot of people end up listening to it for the vibe, and they don't pay attention to the lyrics, and I'm like, oh no, Rage Against the Machine was literally, like, raging against the American Empire before that was, like, a thing we were all doing. Right. (laughs) Like, yeah, they were pissed about capitalism and white supremacy long before, like, now, yeah. But I think some people just, like, get caught up in the vibe. And Queen, Queen's the same way. Like, Queen is a fucking vibe. Oh, my God, yeah. And I think people are just like, yeah, vibing along, and they forget that they're artists who are actually fucking saying something. Yeah. And they're, like, humans who have a life and an identity and a way of moving through the world. Which, to me, yeah. is really is really interesting because that whole culture is so specific and choosy about like who they yes. like listen to and like with the, whether artists are christian or like mm-hmm. what the oh, message God, yeah. is and yep. like what are the you know like all of that seems to be like at least how we were raised was like yes very like you know it needs to honor and glorify god yeah like it's really like, christian you would dig a little bit deeper yeah like you'd think it would oh my god you have monster feet in your house I do! My kiddo's tiny slippies. Those they're are adorable. So, they're very cute. He loves them. He wears them pretty much every night and gets mad pretty much every morning that he can't wear his slippies to school. That's fair. <laughs> Which yeah. I relate to. Yes, I get, I get it. <laughs> Listen, kids, there are multiple buildings across the state of Missouri that have signs in them that indicate that you have to wear shoes in the building. Yeah. And those signs exist purely because I existed in those buildings and was always trying to go everywhere barefoot. Yeah, the shirts one was for me. He got it. <laughs> that's so much better. Yeah, that's so much better. <laughs> um, I want to like maybe we can take some time to talk about what we're what we're making right now. Yes, let's talk about the thing we're making. Okay. Okay. Today we are going to go visit a property mm-hmm. because we are putting together an event. Yes, we are. We're gonna do a rage ritual. Is what I'm affectionately referring to as. We were like, this was like maybe a month ago. It was before you went to Alabama. Um, Christina and I were talking and one of my favorite things about our dynamic is sometimes we just like ask questions like this um, off the air. Um, But Christina was like, what do you want to create together? And I was like, I think I want to create a space to go out in the woods and like fucking scream. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> and I said that out loud and Christina was like, well, fuck yes. Like, why don't we do it? Why wouldn't we do that? And so like, 
we've been kind of like behind the scenes trying to put together some like thoughts and logistics for this. And we're going to look at a property today because we're going to gather a whole bunch of women and femmes to just like go experience rage in the middle of the woods in a supported way. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot to be really fucking pissed about. Yeah. So anger is like obviously like taboo for a lot of femmes in yes for a lot for all um (laughs) in our culture i'm and a lot of men too yeah honestly rage is like something that is seen as dangerous Mm -hmm. um because it can be yeah because um when it's suppressed and doesn't have like an outlet to go to yes and when you're continually un- your needs are continually unmet that has yes. consequences it's gonna come out either way it like is. rage and anger will find their way out yes. even if they have to come out sideways right even if it's getting sick or yeah. whatever so yep. so our thought was like why not create especially Audra's thought I feel like this is really your so um, excited about this your area I've been wanting expertise. this since Joshua died honestly like yeah, just I just want to go out in the middle of the woods scream. to scream um and dance mm-hmm. and and however you're like body wants to move through that mm-hmm. experience so we're gonna have different ways of doing that together yes and um you know obviously different things are optional or whatever if you don't feel like screaming yeah. there's gonna be other ways for you to move through that process mm-hmm. but really just holding space for people to feel yeah. especially like through through the course of the past two years mm-hmm. which like you know shit's been shitty for a lot longer than that but like in the past two years we've had like more time and more trauma added Mm -hmm. on top of that with like quarantine and like um just different shit has really like started building in a it's like this really sad thing when we're like when i think about the past two years it's like almost in ways feels like collective traumas have been happening so quickly that I don't even remember what they all are anymore. Like in the past couple of years, it just feels like it's been one thing after another. It's quarantine and then the cops kill a black man and the country falls apart and then white people go back to business as usual. And then there's a school shooting and then there's like another type like strain of COVID going around. And then there's like, it's just one fucking thing after another right now to the point where it's sometimes like, it literally just feels like at this point it's bleeding together into this like metastasized ball of grief. Yeah. And like the thing, the thing about all of it is, is like none of it's fucking new. No. Like the, like cops killing a black man. It's like, like that's not like that shit has been happening for so fucking long. Mm -hmm. It, finally got some momentum yeah in 2020 but like barely yeah like, started getting we we started paying attention a little a God, little I and it. and like when we're following the news and we're watching this happen it's like yeah and every day since that happened yes. another black person was killed like yep. it, it was like almost every day there's been a school shooting or a shooting yes. every day since the, the one that happened at the yeah. grocery store like yep. it's it's just like it, these there's these markers in. that like get more news press and then it's just like we're like oh yeah it's continuing to happen every yes, day every this single day this is not a like these are not surprise or no, outlying they're not isolated events it's no. just people are getting a little bit louder about it yeah. but like you're right the collective trauma is like <laughs> building because yep. it's yeah it's building to 
we don't have time to process and we like unfortunately I think all the time about how like one of the things that happened as a result of colonization and like embracing just this like blanket whiteness like the and the privilege that comes along with that one of the things that we lost was like collective rituals for grief (laughs) because like that would have been a part of our experience of life prior to colonization like we would have had rituals for like small villages and communities coming together and like processing through grief together and of course there are like still many traditions that do that but like as a collective we don't honor grief together like it's literally like 18 kids die in a school shooting and two days later we're supposed to or the next the next day like we were supposed to just be like back at work like everything was normal mm-hmm. um it's just it's such a bizarre time in history that we have so much access to all of the pain in the world <laughs> and also so much expectation that we don't have a physiological or mental emotional response or needs around it or needs around it like they're just I believe so much and one of the reasons I want to do this because like honestly like I could go out into the middle of the woods and scream by myself any day of the week I could do that (laughs) but like my like the the grief in my body does not want to be done solo it wants to be witnessed Mm -hmm. by other people who are alongside me in that and in grief of their own um I believe in the power of collective ritualistic processing of emotion Mm -hmm. and doing it in ways that are uncivilized. Like that's, that's really like the word that keeps coming back to my mind. Um, as I think about like the space I want to provide for this is like one of my experiences as a widow is that so many people, so many people, have given me the my god you are so strong like like you are so strong and I'm so proud of you for the way that you've navigated this and every single one of them I want to look in the eyes and say you're only saying that because you have only seen my most civilized moments you have not seen me in my rage um you would probably not talk to me again. <laughs> like, like in the depth of my experience of this loss. Um, and it's a capitalism thing. Like we're, like, we're is, supposed to like... Why is holding it together and being quote unquote so strong the thing to be admired? Yes. That's, I, I always, I think that all the time. Like when I don't, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that when they say something like that in this kind of context a lot of what that translates as is your pain has not made me uncomfortable and I'm really grateful for that. Oh, I admire shit. you for not making me uncomfortable. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. And it's, <laughs> and, and the amount of effort that that takes, the amount of effort it has taken to remain civilized. Like I, I remember telling Donnie and Kinsey for months after Joshua died, I was just like, I just want to go to a cabin in the middle of the woods for six months and speak to no one but the trees. And I, I, I don't know if I'll come back. <laughs> I don't know who, like what kind of condition I will be in when I come back. Mm. But like the need that we have, like the box that we have culturally placed emotions like rage and grief in is so restricted that it's like 
it can't find a way out of our bodies because emotion that big and that painful was not meant to be civilized. It was not meant to be like something that we can package and sell on Instagram. It's like one of the reasons that I haven't done a lot of speaking about my grief process on Instagram because I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have anything Instagrammable to give you. Because um, it's, it's so uncivilized. Like grief is deeply, wildly uncivilized. Um, and I don't think most of us have a lot of space in our lives where that's actually perfectly fine. Like, that's what I want to create in this space is like a place for people to get uncivilized in their emotional experience of what life is right now. Mm -hmm. And to do so in a witnessed and supported way with people who are also dealing with their own grief things and also moving through their own big uncivilized emotional processes. Mm -hmm. Um, and also with you and I there to like hold space for people in the aftermath because shit comes up, like trauma comes up and when it comes up, it doesn't ask for permission. <laughs> um, I'm really fucking excited about this. This is the kind of space I was built to like, I love people who can like create these beautiful retreats that are like, lovely <laughs> i'm i'm the let's go to the middle of the woods and scream and do ecstatic dance until we can't dance anymore and every ounce of energy has been tapped out of our bodies and let's write about it and talk about it and be fully human together that's what i can create because hmm. as you're saying this i'm just like I, I would love to add, like, the beautiful yes. element. Yes. Because for me, like, the messiness of life mm -hmm. is so supported by... By the beauty. By the beauty. And that is why, that is one of the reasons why, like, when we first started talking about this, I was like, oh, my God, Christina and I are such a good, like, partnership for this. Because, like, I can bring the, like, unlimited amounts of space for the bullshit and you can bring unlimited amounts of grounding and beauty. Like, because those are the things we have to offer that like feel like infinite resources inside us. Yeah. Like your capacity to bring groundedness and beauty to the table does not feel like it has many limitations. And my capacity to hold space for absolute fucking bullshit is <laughs> limitless. Fairly limitless. <laughs> I have not found the balance of it yet. <laughs> Um, yeah, my, oh, my so hope for this is, like, is to create, like, like, I want, I want people to be able to process mm. the, like, deep feelings, and I want, like, I have a, like, calm and grounding energy, but I also have a playful energy, yeah, and yeah. I want to bring true. a, like, an element of lightheartedness to the absurdity of life. Yes! Because, like, <gasps> because... I don't know if you've seen like any of the like like Life in a Day, the original um, YouTube movie, um, or like Samsara, but they're all films that are just like um, focused on like the cyclical nature and absurdity of life. So they're just like life in one day. So you catch people brushing their teeth and like yes. morning kisses and putting your feet on shoes and going to work and like little little shit, right? Mm. People dying, people getting married, like literally in the same thirty seconds, oh, yes. like. This kind of this kind of absurdity of like how life is, and for me, that's like where my energy lives. Is this space yeah. of like 
the world is completely fucked and like let's laugh let's let's like let's oh. let's dance let's gr- cry when you need to and when you're done crying let's laugh i didn't know this was a thing until very recently i was talking with a partner of mine identifies as an absurdist what because okay. like okay so like there's like a real there's like a realist a pessimist an optimist and uh, an absurdist i did not know that was a category i think i might have found a, a piece of myself here Keep oh i will send you things on this um yes. But yeah, like he was talking with me about how like, and it's literally that exact thing of like, if you look at the actual reality of like human existence and you can look at it with just an ounce of humor, it's fucking nonsense. Like it it is is absurd. It's insane. Yes. And like, if you can choose to view it through that lens, then everything becomes much lighter. And like, you can just like move through your days with a sense of realism, but like, also, if you're looking at things realistically, it's a fucking, like, it's just funny. shit show. It's, it's great. funny. <laughs> yes. yes. That's why, like, I, I, like, I feel like I have, like, this element in, like, my, like, who I am at my core and have for a while as just, like, a, a way that I've navigated the world. But, like, I always find it really, really funny when people point out things that I'm doing that I don't notice that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it can be absurd stuff. Like, yeah. one time... I attacked a plant in my sleep and I, t- <laughs> I didn't know it until the next day. And That's Josiah funny. was like, you like attacked this plant. Like what, what did it do to you? And I just like died laughing so hard. I was like, I love that I did that. Like I love mm-hmm. it when like really weird shit happens or like when someone it's calls so me on my bullshit and I'm like, I'm doing that again. It's yes. just so funny. Yes. Because yep. it's like, I had no control over that. Like, no. I don't, what? I'm like, in like a I'm loop. Sh- I'm just, just in a like, loop. What even? Like, none of it, like, it doesn't really make sense. No. Like, and we can try to make it make sense and we can have stories for it. And sure, you can make meaning. Make, like, make meaning morning, and that's beautiful. Yeah. And also, like, there is a lot of beauty in just like, when it doesn't fucking make sense. Just to, like, allow it. And, like, let it be funny. Just let it be absurd. Yep. Oh, my God. I love this. Yeah. And that's, that's, like, I think in many ways, kind of, I feel that, that sense in both of us so much. And I think one of the reasons that you, like, maybe, like, one of the fuels for the limitless nature of your capacity for, like, grounding in beauty and one of the fuels for my limitless nature, limitless ability to hold space for, like, heaviness is because we approach both of those things from a sense of like, this is all fucking ridiculous anyways. <laughs> like, we're in it. We might as well just be in. Just like, I don't even know. Yep. And even in the midst of like the the heavy, like there is like we can find release mm-hmm. and also companionship and humor and all of the things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so excited to create this space with you. I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah, it's like it's gonna be so fun we're gonna have the best time yes i just like i think that people are like way more powerful than they believe yep or than they've been allowed to believe and like that that capacity like of being able to like find humor and joy in the midst of grief is actually like is a gift that's meant to help us cope that our like culture who doesn't have like grief rituals has not allowed us yes but like if you look at like most like experiences of grief they have to allow 
humor and joy in the midst of it mm-hmm. to cope. Yeah. And that can be like an absurd, like, I'm just like laughing at like yeah. sarcastically or cynically or whatever. It can include that because yes. the act of laughing in itself is a way of like bringing your mood up. Yes. In, a, in, in one form, a release. Yes. So it's like, it is a way of like dealing and it's not an inappropriate one. No. It's uncivilized. Yes. It but was it's one not of like inappropriate. Big realizations that I had after Joshua died was like how um, I felt some shame, not from inside, but from like externally, um, about the amount of joy that was available to me in the season after he passed. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, I had Holland, who was just like a constant perpetual delight and would mm-hmm. like learn new things and, and do silly things and like. I found so much joy in that and I moved into this beautiful apartment that's just like exactly what I wanted mm. and I've created this space that like feels so good to me and is so like nourishing and beautiful and like takes care of my senses mm. um, and I had partnerships that I was like experiencing like connection and pleasure and play and like relationship inside mm. um, and I, like, made time for myself to go do things. Like, I went to Denver for a weekend, and I, like, um, went to a yurt and spent a weekend naked in the middle of nowhere. And, like, I created pockets of joy for myself. And in ways, like, that feels, I think, culturally dichotomous with what I was experiencing. And I, like, felt the weight of that. But honestly, the joy was the only way I got through it. Yeah. Like... The reason I survived that season of my life was because I created space for pleasure, play, joy. Mm-hmm. Because, like, grief has to come out. Anger and grief have to be contended with or they will come out sideways one way or the other. Um, but you can't... It can be so easy to, like, lose yourself in those things. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the counterbalance of absurdity and joy... And celebration. Yeah. We have to have both. We're built for both. Yeah, and like we're not linear. And no. that <laughs> and that includes so many things. And this is again, we're back to what we talked about in the other episode, which is like this control. Like if you try to control your emotional experience, even if it's to yes. keep yourself sad so that you are not making people uncomfortable with your joy or whatever like that is all a part of trying to control nature yeah Yeah. it's not human actually to have one kind of for for multiple people to have one kind of experience of the same thing yeah like it's going to look different person to person and we haven't made room for that because there tends to be this narrative around like how you should emotionally experience certain things. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know if that came from Freud or like from like cultural comfort or like where where exactly the origin of that is, but it's just interesting because like that's that has never been how humans have processed no. things. <laughs> no. Fucking never. That's a formula. There's yeah. Like, it's, not a, it's not personhood. It's formula. Yeah, it's something that you can control and say, this is how this happens. So yes. when this happens, this means this. It's like yes. a way of settling it in people's, like, rational minds. Again, so that the other people feel comfortable. So that other people feel comfortable. It's, like, there's so much 
been so thoughtful about this. Um, I mean, I'll just talk about this here. Um, I, um, like, I've had, like, podcast episodes that I've been holding on to, and I've been wanting to release my podcast for a long time, and it just, like, has not felt right. Like, something wasn't, I always know. Like, my body knows when the right time is. So, like, I had a plan in my brain, and I was like, I'm going to drop this at, like, the beginning of February, maybe the beginning of March. (laughs) The latest, it is June, and we're (laughs) still, still holding on to it. But I just, like, have known in my body that the time wasn't right. And this past week, I had, like, a, a shift um, after therapy and had this, like, a thing dropped in that I was like, oh, I think this is an element of the podcast that I have not, um, I had not, like, welcomed in yet. And a piece of it is um, that, like, a lot of my work in this world is about torching the scripts that we were giving Mm. like because sometimes it feels like that like I keep thinking of it it as you say as you talk about like the ways that we have been taught to control the human experience Mm. and so there's like all of these scripts for the ways that we should experience and deal with everything from relationship as a whole to like grief loss joy like Mm. we have all of these like frameworks that we're just supposed to stay within that don't really allow us to be human. And my whole life has been about the work of, of setting fire to the scripts and being like, okay, if I get to write my own and just be a fucking person, then what would this look like? Hmm. Um, and so I like this week, I was like, I think I'm considering a name change for the podcast. Cause there was like a, a shift in like, Oh, I think this is about something different than I thought it was. Hmm. Um, my, my body has known for a while now. She's just been like, I don't know what, I don't know quite what the thing is yet. Um, but like, that's the most human work in the world to me is exactly what we're talking about is like, we've been given these scripts for grief and joy Mm. and there is a very different script for both. (laughs) And so like, they exist in these very separate boxes in our minds for most of us. Um, And so much of the work of the past few years of my life has been setting fire to the grief script and the joy script and writing a new one one that includes room for both based on my actual authentic experience. There is no script anymore. I'm just living um, is what it is. Like I, I like took them out of the containers that I would, I was handed them um, in and I'm just like experiencing both at the same time. Mm. And I think in so many ways, that's what I like, what I want this event to represent is like a space where it can all coexist together. Mm. Like it's why, like when we first started talking about it, I was like, the two things I want to do is I want to scream and I want to dance. <laughs> like those two things, like I want to grieve and I want like ecstatic celebration of being alive. Like, of what it means to be a human and the fact that I'm still here. Like, against all odds, we're still here. Like, mm. uh, I'm so curious about what this is going to shape up to be, but I'm so fucking excited about it. I, uh, I, like, I think, to me, like, I realize the best parts of life are, like, being surprised by life and when I get to surprise myself. Ugh, yes. So, yep. like, I'm just... Like, I'm excited to be surprised by how this goes. Me too. Me too. I think that's a gift for both of us. We're really good at, like, 
doing a thing and planning the thing and like, executing the thing, but we're always kind of like ready to be like, what's it going to be? <laughs> what's it, It's like the podcast thing in my brain has been like, I have a plan. Like I, I know what I want to do. And also let's see. <laughs> it has a life of its own. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm curious to see what it's got, what like shape it takes. Like that is yeah. my entire approach to life at this point is like, most of what we're interacting with has a life of its own. And if we can just allow it to unfold and like release control, control. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly it. Yeah. (laughs) Like we can come in with our like intentions intact, Mm -hmm. but there's a difference between an intention and a script. Mm -hmm. And I think we're uniquely good at like coming in with an intention and letting the thing itself like fill out that intention. That's a nice way of putting it because I'm like also uniquely bad at following a script. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. You know, like it's like both and. Like mm-hmm. I've tried for a long time to control things. It's our strength because it was our weakness. <laughs> yeah, yes. A hundred percent. Exactly. Really. It's to just like I can't I'm sorry, this doesn't work. Like the mm-hmm. reason that we started working together was in January when you were like, it's not queer enough and it's not collaborative, yes. collaborative enough. Yes. I'm like, yes, those are the two pieces. Yes. Yeah, like we were both trying to create something so like... The straight man model. With a straight man model. And that's... <laughs> we're not straight men. Like, let's be honest. Um, yeah, that's my... I'm so grateful for the ways that that has like expanded my pr- approach to the creative process. Is like, mm-hmm. if it's not working, it's just because it's not queer enough and not collaborative collaborative enough yeah it needs to be more specific it means more time to develop yeah and just let it become let it become Mm. because like honestly can you make nature go faster no no can you control it no can you exhaust yourself trying yeah absolutely yeah like literally just so exhausting so like (laughs) this is this has honestly been like a journey over the course of the past year specifically. Mm. So like I've been, I mean, I've had my business like in existence, like LLC for almost two years now, but it's like mm-hmm. officially been in business for a little over a year. And like so much of that I spent like trying to control and figure out like a formula and like how to like blah, blah, blah. And like uh-huh. make it quote unquote work and make it like yeah. whatever. But like not realizing the whole time that like it's completely tied to like my own growth and like my own process and like that is a part of nature because I'm nature so like there's actually no rushing that there's no no jumping steps there's no like skipping to the end there's no like perfect formula or answer that anyone else has for me it is just my fucking journey and like that's how it's gonna be yes and uh, fighting it only exhausts me. It only exhausts me. <laughs> God, that has been... Amanda and I talked about that yesterday in therapy, actually. Like, there are... Um, I'm at a very, like, real threshold point in my life. Like, I can feel, um, like, a bunch of things coming full circle at the same time. Like, I can mm-hmm. feel in ways... Um, I feel like I'm 18 again, is what I keep coming back to. Because it feels like since Joshua died, my my work has been almost like dismantling these parts of my life that were created by a version of me that was so conditioned like by the system that I grew up in Mm. that she didn't even have really any active choice. Like my 18 year old self who had the world in front of her 
was still living by such a formula mindset mm-hmm. that I couldn't, I didn't actually have like access to my choices. Yeah. Um, for all the choices it seemed like I had. Living in fond response. I was living in fond response. And now it feels like my life has just like, it has been dialing itself back down to ground zero to, to the degree that like most of the time I feel like I'm 18. Like I'm asking myself, do I want to be in Kansas city? Like I have a lot of love here. Like I have so much like people, so many people that I love Um, I don't have a ton of deep integration at this point. I have a lot of relationships that could very easily transition to being like more virtually based. Um, My, like my thoughts on my career are ever evolving. Um, And so in ways I feel like I'm 18 again there, I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to go back to school? Do I want to like go off in this direction? There are like so Mm. many things I could be doing. Um... I just, I, I'm at this point where I'm like, I can decide now, like for the first time in my Actually life, choose. like with my agency and sovereignty intact, I have this whole life ahead of me. I have to build something, but like I can choose at this point for the first time in my life. And like, uh, what was my full circle? What were we talking about when I started? this tangent because I had like a fucking full circle in my brain and and she left me well we were talking about okay so the you started out this with like (laughs) limitless possibilities and agency like being able to choose you didn't have choice before yeah letting go of scripts you had joy and yes you burned those that's what it was okay yeah it feels like my life has just been like systematically taking itself back to ground zero um to the point where I feel like for the first time in my life, I have the capacity to build something that's not driven by me trying to control every single fucking factor of my life Mm -hmm. and like make it all fit into this formula of, I will get a job. I will go to school and get a job and buy a house and have a husband and have a baby. Cause that was like my 18 year old self was basically just looking for integers to fill into my formula. Mm -hmm. You just and used now some stuff there. I did. You what said integer. Earth. I did say integer. When was the last time you said <laughs> integer before this moment? I'm just curious. Probably in the book writing process at some point because oh, I okay. like the integer okay. and formula thing is a thing my brain like okay. comes back to quite often. I don't think I've said it out loud in a long time. Heard that word in like 15 it's a, years. It's a new one. That's amazing. Thank, um, thank you for that. <laughs> you're very welcome. Thank you for like honoring the fact that I just said integer and that's not really a thing I would usually say. <laughs> integers into the formula yes like i was just like looking for things to like check the boxes yeah and it feels like in the past 20 years my life has just like blown up the boxes and so like now it finally feels like i can create my life from a place of creativity rather than math Okay, blowing up boxes sounds a lot more like you than integers in <laughs> Noted. <laughs> but, but I love it all. I love it all. It's so the, good. The uh, Audra is the cosmos. <laughs> the whole fucking cosmos. I contain multitudes. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I believe in a world where we actually just get to be human. And, yeah. yeah. And like not trying to control for everything all yeah. the time. Yeah. 
Because we because we can't, and that's what like that's what we are exhausting ourselves doing. Yes, is trying to control everything. That is why it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like nature itself, not exhausting. just chills. It's nature chilling just fucking chills most of the time. <laughs> yes, like it is not speedy. No, or like it's very very slow yeah. to change and like yeah. to grow and heal etc mm-hmm. it's an int if you were a nerd in lord of the rings yes. like i was it is yeah. like this like ooh, like uh-huh. real real slow um but like are trying to control it yes are trying to move faster and mm-hmm. like contain it instead of working with it yes is literally killing us it's literally killing us it makes me think of um there's like a, a level of rest <laughs> that comes and one of this is one of the reasons I love nature so much um I think all the time to back to like when I was a kid my um my dad is a farmer and so he like orients very deeply with like the cycles of the earth and all of the things and I remember having years where he would be so like concerned because there were certain elements that the crops needed that just weren't coming. So like we would have a summer that was particularly dry and like the crops would be a little bit like rough that season. It would not turn up as much. Um, And yet for all of those seasons, when there wasn't enough rain or maybe there was too much rain and not enough sunlight, like the elements were just off and it seemed like nature didn't have what it actually needed. Mm. Is my dad's farm still there? Yes. Like Mm. 20 years later, it's still there and it's still growing and thriving. And I think like one of the things that I'm starting to welcome in my life is the possibility that like in every season of our lives, we don't have to control for anything because nature is always going to find its way back to what it needs. Even if it means there's like a barren season where we don't have the things that would be ideal. Like we don't have quite enough rain. We don't have quite enough sunshine. So the thing is like with all of this, it's important to note that control is actually an illusion. Yes. We we can't actually control people. No. We can't no. actually control like the weather or like Yes. We try and we cause harm. We try and we cause harm. To ourselves and other people. When we could just be in relationship with. Like, that was, that's a gift of my dad's. Like, he, like, even in the seasons when, like, he didn't have the exact elements he needed to have the outcome he wanted in that season. Mm -hmm. Like, with that particular crop. um, He just, like, knew that what he had was an ongoing relationship with the land. Like it's not just about this season. Or this it's not year just or this about moment. this season. It's about the fact that twenty years later, he and that land are still going strong. It is his primary relationship, yeah. and he has cultivated that over time by having. I have never like contemplated on this, but like, like one of my dad's gifts in many ways is like his capacity to like see a thing through with longevity. Fascinating. And just, like, that gives him a level of open-handedness with, like, the seasons come, they go, the rain comes or it doesn't, the sunshine comes or it doesn't. But at the end of the day, it's not just about this season. Right. It's about he's always been cultivating a relationship with his land. And, like, what if we're in the process of cultivating a relationship with our lives that honors, with our bodies, that honors the fact that, like, there are going to be some seasons where, like, I have less sleep than I would like. I have a two and a half year old. 
He loves 4 a.m. It's his favorite time of day. Favorite time. I don't have as much sleep as I I would like right now. Um, is that going to impact the fact that I'm still going to be here in 20 years? Unlikely. Yeah. Like, still, still be doing this. And so I can either, knowing that, I can either, like, grip for control or I can learn to find some rest in the, like, the moments that I can get it. Like, I can find some ease in, like, no longer trying to control, like, yeah. micromanage. Like, oh, my God. Hear this ugh. wellness world. It yes. It is not about a fucking schedule you stick to every single fucking no, goddamn not. day. We're people. That We're is control-related. Yes. Yep. I'm not interested in that anymore. It's tiring. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, I... <laughs> and Holland Sleep is actually such a good example of this. Um, there was a long time there where I, like, fought it and fought it and fought it. And I tried to sleep train him into being a different sleeper. Uh, we tried so hard. And we, like, got some more elements in place that have made it more sustainable. But one of the best things I ever did for myself was about three months ago. I just had a day where I was like, what if I just allow my kid to be an early riser? What if I stop fighting that? Because I was spending so much more energy (laughs) trying to control that. Whereas now, I just, like, know that that's a reality. And I've learned to create some support systems that, like, make it doable and when he wakes up at 4 a.m., I have found an immense amount of ease and joy in snuggling with my kid on the couch. Good morning. And just, like, enjoying the fact that it's his favorite time of day. And he's so happy. And I can have my cup of coffee. And I'm expending 75% less energy. Stressing about the fact that he woke up. Stressing about the fact that he woke up. And at the end of the day, my net rest is higher than it was when I was trying to control. Hmm. Like... As soon as I just allowed my kid to be who he was, I started getting more rest. Surprising. Oh, this is our lives. Like, we, I feel like we talked about that as soon as you walked in today. Like, um, at the very beginning, before we even started recording, I think we were talking about, like, um, um, fuck. My brain is an exciting place today. I was like, what? What were we talking about? I don't remember. Sleep? Yeah. Were we talking about sleep? Maya was up twice. No, we sleep. were talking about like... <laughs> Sorry, mama. Ugh. <laughs> I hate it. But we learned to relax with it. Um, <laughs> God, there was something we were, something related that we were talking about. Yeah, my brain is just not... She's not firing on all cylinders today. That's fine. It's fine. It'll go away or come back or it won't. I remember being really excited when, um, when Maya was sleeping from like 11 to 4 a.m., and then 10 to 5. And, oh. I, and I like, I was just like, that's sleeping through the night to me. Yes. I'll take it. Yeah. And then we would take a nap at like yeah. 8 a.m. to like 10 a.m. Yeah. And I was like, like, we'll make it fucking work. But I was so thrilled that there was like an actual chunk that was over four hours yes. that I was getting to sleep. Yes. Yep. I'm grateful. Like, he's actually a really good sleeper in that like, he goes down and he stays down and he goes down early. Um... But he's, I found out the hard way because I tried for so long. I was like, maybe if I, like, put him to bed later, he'll, like, wake up. Nope. Will not. No. Does not work like that. Does not work like that. <laughs> it, it really is such a, like, as soon as we release control and just, like, allow things to be as they are, I think everything gets easier. Yeah. And it's really, like, it can be really difficult to do because, like, control or pretending to control or trying to control something is, like, a... A coping mechanism in itself because yeah. it like you're not actually controlling anything the majority of the time. No. 
Um, like sometimes you're controlling yourself, yes. Yeah. But like mostly you're adding like stress to your life. But uh-huh. like you know, a lot of this again, if we're talking about the fawn response too, is like you're not even aware that you're doing it. No. Um, you're do- but you're doing it to keep yourself safe. So like <sighs> letting go of control is more, is like also an like a process of healing that yeah. trauma. Oh, hundred percent. So that you were able like to be aware to make yes. the choice to let go of trying to control. You know what I mean? Uh huh. So I'm reading this book right now. Um, this is a Madison recommended book called oh. Self Self Observation. Um, for people who can't see, <laughs> it's called Self Observation by Red Hawk, and it has been so profound to me because so much of what it goes to it goes into is that exact thing, like the parts of our brain that are so on autopilot mm-hmm. that, like, genuinely we don't even know they're happening. And so, like, the first step is always to like create space to observe ourselves yeah. and like start to get a sense of like, oh, these are the areas where like if this thing happens my body is going to go all the way down the rabbit hole in this direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so you like start to become aware of your habits. Um, That's a key part of the course that I have. It's, cause it's so God, important. It's so important. Cause like we, we spend like, like the entire idea behind this book is like, we are attention. Like our, our consciousness is attention mm-hmm. and like so much of our attention gets hijacked and consumed by these like habitual responses to triggers that have nothing to do with what's happening right the fuck now it's all like childhood stuff and like um but that's been so profound to me to just put myself in a position where i'm like observing myself more often and i'm like oh okay like this is a predictable response like this Mm -hmm. thing happens my mind is going to take over and go in a very predictable direction my behavior is going to move in a very predictable direction and it's all autopilot. Yeah. And we can't like choose. Unless you're able to observe. Until we can observe. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not able to observe until you have like space or access to yes. some form yeah. of safety or sensation of safety. Yes. Yeah. It's You would. Okay. So I'm excited. Yeah. I want to read this book. You will love this book because <laughs> a lot of what they like basically the, um, the like key practice that they give in it is, Pay attention to felt sensation in the body. This is as often as I'm possible. Screaming like, this, yeah. Like, like <laughs> at all times, like when you feel your brain pulling you in a direction, make that a trigger to like Connect feel to into the, the sensation in the body, because that disrupts your like habitual patterns, yes. and like allows you to just be present with the actual physical experience that you're having right now. Yeah, you will fucking yes. love this. Book. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. Self observation and self remembering is the second one. You'll want oh, them. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm teaching a free mini workshop um, Friday the seventeenth. Ooh, say more. Noon Central Standard <laughs> Time. Woohoo! Um, it's called "The Fuck Do I Want," um, and it's it's a like uh, so my rebuilding series is built on similar steps. So it's just the processes I use to like connect to yeah my body and myself mm. to allow me to make decisions that feel like yeah. good and safe in my body. Yeah. Um, but a lot a lot of the like beginning steps or aspects of observation mm-hmm. and noticing without judgment like the, yes. the space of curiosity and self-compassion those are the spaces where you can find expansion to like yeah. heal and move on from so that you're able to then make decisions yes and at the very least have compassion about why this is difficult for yourself yeah. you know like yeah. which is then a space you can heal from yes that's like the starting point of all of that's it that's starting point kindness and 
And it feels so simple. Like when we say it out loud, that we're just like, like we, it's easy to devalue. Like, because again, it's, it's, we live in a capitalist system that tells us that we have to work and like work out the steps and do all the things. And like, literally it just starts with paying attention and feeling that's it. There's, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, and if, if you're feeling in hearing that, that the, that's, like, too simple and not enough, get curious about that. Yeah. Because that's probably Who told where you your that? work lies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or yep. your healing lies. Um, that's Let's true. go eat. Let's go eat. I'm so fucking hungry right now. Okay, thanks all for joining us. Love y'all. Hello, loves. It's me, Christina. I wanted to interrupt this episode to talk to you briefly about my one-on-one rebuilding coaching series. This 12-week series is designed to transform the way you show up in your life, um, to help you discover your next step and support you to move confidently into it. We work on inner critic, dialogue, confidence, and trusting yourself to make decisions. I like to look at life as a series of endings and beginnings. There's so many of those in our lives, and I think this space is where the greatest transformation takes place. And whether you've already gone through a change or feeling like there's a change around the corner or just really feel like something is missing, These spaces are great for asking, what do I want now and what is possible for me now? If you're really longing to live freely and trust yourself to move through life with confidence, this series is for you. My clients call this series transformative, empowering, and inspiring, and they often report after the series they feel confidence to say no, trust their worth, in touch with their bodies, and in tune with their instincts. This is a powerful container and can have huge long-term impacts on your life and well-being. You can learn more by visiting my website at www.christinamcarlson.com, also listed in the show notes, um, and that's where you can learn more about working with me. Thanks for your time. Now back to the show. Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one support to help you step into trusting yourself, seeing your own magic, and building the life that you want, you can contact me on my website. The website is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a bitchin' day.